Welcome to the SciDef Cybersecurity Podcast. I'm your host, Ray, and this is my co-host... Michael Fairweather. And our amazing guest this week... Amanda Berlin. Yay! Yay! <laughs> For everybody who can't see, I just took one of those uh, poppers that you have at, like, uh, 4th of July. You pull a string as, like, little, little paper come out. I, yeah, it's we all confetti. popped. We all popped them when we said, yay! So... Yeah. Just some visual aesthetics for your minds <laughs> as we get going on this journey of information security. Which, by the way, this episode of the Cybersecurity Podcast is brought to you by Hudson Hudson Whiskey. Is it really? No, it's not. I no. wish it was. Oh my god, that would be amazing <laughs> if we could get a bourbon a whiskey sponsor. Oh, yeah. anybody listening out there, we will take a whiskey sponsor in a heartbeat. All you have to do is yeah. pay us in whiskey. <laughs> I'm sure they get that a lot. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I'll even take Jack or Jim Bean, whoever. You know, just that would be amazing. I could probably get some connections to Jack. I mean, Lynchburg is not that far from where I'm from. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So getting back on track. <laughs> Amanda, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, who you work for why we asked you to even come on here why are you here i don't even know you just like clicked a a link a random link send me links and i click on them and then i get roped into talking on podcasts (laughs) 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 uh so about me i do a lot of defensive security stuff i work for a company called blue mira in michigan we do sim type stuff we have an app I just got a new title not that long ago. I'm a senior incident detection engineer. So that's a cool new title. Um, Very nice. Yeah. I am the CEO of Mental Health Hackers. Woot woot. I also do a podcast. What's the name of that podcast? Breaking Down Security. Where can they find that at? Online. (laughs) (laughs) On the intertubes? Everywhere where good podcasts are at. But breaking is spelled weird. It's B-R-A-K-E-I-N-G. And everyone thinks we spell it wrong. I so actually like stopping, right? Breaking, stopping? No, breaking like, because even that doesn't have the E. It's breaking because the guy that started it, his last name is Break. Ah. That's like a play on his last name. There you go. And also, yeah. I was actually a guest on there once. It was yes. a very fun podcast to be on. I need to come back on because I enjoyed myself a lot. Heck yeah. Uh, if you all can't notice, we're taking a bit of a more casual approach to our podcast this this week. We attempted to record with Amanda a couple weeks ago, and we had some audio issues. So we're a little delayed on returning to the podcast sphere. But we're back after many years of being gone. Um, and 2020 just feels like many years all rolled into just like three months. Yes. Yeah been a rough year 2020 has been the longest 10 years of my life (laughs) (laughs) yeah this this decade's over right we can we can call it is that a liz lemon quote i have no idea (laughs) it sounds like a liz lemon fair enough (laughs) so what does the mental health hackers do 
Um, well, right now we're not doing a whole lot just because, you know, we're not seeing people right now. <laughs> but um, we are still doing a little bit. Uh, normally we are um, a presence at conferences and have rooms set up that you can kind of just chill out at and learn stuff about mental health in general. We have a, lot, a bunch of resources and talks and stuff like that. Um, and like, I always had problems with freaking out at conferences because of anxiety issues. So this is just like a very chill place that you can kind of go and relax and not be overwhelmed with all the people and things going on around you. And yeah, so now since there isn't currently conferences, once a week, we're actually just doing group Zoom calls. Um, a lot of them, we actually start out with mental health professionals talking about certain things and then kind of open it up as like a lobby con thing because we all miss people and you know what's what's more fun than having 40 people try and talk at once on zoom <laughs> i miss i miss people i miss conferences <laughs> me too you have ambassadors that go out yes. to these conferences you are one of my ambassadors i am one of those ambassadors <laughs> i didn't want to pat myself on the sh on the back for that I love the fact that we have ambassador program because at first, like when I started this, I didn't think it was going to be anything. I did more than once. Uh, I did it at DerbyCon 8, so in 2018. And I'm like, oh, this is just going to be like a one-time workshop thing. And the four-hour uh, CFP that I put in turned into two days and then turned into like 20 conferences a year. And I can't go to all 20 conferences. <laughs> Being an ambassador is a very fulfilling thing to do. Uh, I, I was the ambassador up at uh, B-Sides St. Louis, and it was awesome seeing all the people come out and kind of deflate, right? They sit down on the couch, and like, ugh. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, you see that stress just melt off them as they pick up the adult coloring pages. So do you have a need for more ambassadors? Yeah. Like, I, I always have other stuff to do. Also, <laughs> once we get back up and going with conferences and everything again, I'm sure uh, we could definitely use more people. You know, if we have, it, it's easier to have somebody in the area that's already going to a conference, you know, kind of take these kits that we ship and take it and set it up. And we have instructions on how we want everything to look and feel and like the welcoming environment that we have and um, that like to do's and not to do type things. Um, and you know, it's easier if somebody's already going to the conference as opposed to us using this money that people have donated to pay for like plane tickets, because I would, I like, I try and spend other people's money that they've given us as frugally as possible. <laughs> and I would rather just not spend them on plane tickets that are super expensive so well and that I, I would think that would allow you to do more with it as well definitely you can yep. go to more conferences if you've got the people already going yeah i would rather spend that money on people coming in doing massages or um like yoga instruction or therapy dogs like i would rather spend that money on that kind of stuff rather than travel how can individuals reach out to you if they're looking at being an ambassador um, so our website is mentalhealthhackers.org. Um, you can go there and there's a million different ways to contact us. Um, our emails on there, our Twitter, our Instagram and Facebook and all of the other ways that you can contact us. 
with COVID and the isolation and everything that's gone on, have you seen an increase in individuals reaching out to you all? Yeah. And just in general, like, I mean, at work, um, in my friend groups in Slack, just, I mean, people are dealing with this not well, you know, like it, it's a big shift for a lot of people. And, um, like my CTO is autistic and she was going on the other day. I mean, she's high functioning autistic, so she's like wicked smart, but she still has like issues with schedule changes right and this is the biggest schedule change that everybody's <laughs> been forced to do in forever so yeah just like that kind of stuff and us like uh extroverts not being able to be around people oh i yeah. tell you being cooped it's, up by myself i walk by I the mirror and i'm like Hey. I don't want to be. <laughs> How are you, How you doing? doing? <laughs> you want to have a beer with me? Let's talk for a while. Crack yeah. open two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's a beer for me and one for me. I sip one, then you sip the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's really handy, though, when you're doing that in a mirror, because then when you want to cheers, you just pick it up and you can just tap the mirror because then the other yeah, beer is in the mirror that's... already, you know? I feel like we're getting into some other mental health issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Amanda, for sharing all that information with us about the mental health hackers, the impact that's had on the community, trends that you've seen um, since the world has gone insane. You know, hopefully things will go back to a certain level of normalcy. And, you know, I, I feel like what you all are doing um, will help that transition back to normalcy um, be a smoother transition. Um, with yeah, those... I mean, we're just here to help people learn that they can talk about it. So, you know, it's it's really awesome to have somebody there to listen. But speaking of somebody there to listen, have you all heard about the lamp phone attack? <laughs> As I say, I did see this. You did see this. Yeah. Well, that's good because we're about to talk about it. There is a new attack out there. It's a pretty interesting attack. It's called Lamp Phone, kind of a play on, you know, telephone and lamps and talking and whatnot. I love lamp. I love lamp too. Same. <laughs> How the attack works is you use a telescope and a light sensor, a really, really sensitive light sensor, to record vibrations on a light bulb. Those vibrations are then passed through an algorithm, those re the recordings of the vibrations, and that algorithm then turns those vibrations into a sound wave that you can then go back and listen to people talking. Um, it's kind of crazy. This was uh, discovered by a uh, research team, and they were able to pick up conversations from 82 feet away, or 25 meters. There are some disadvantages to lamp phone. It's it's pretty easy to beat. Not like By the closing your blinds <laughs> or putting a shade over your light. Oh, um, all right. Or having one of the newer light bulbs. I so believe. this is only for the like the old filament style ones, not the LED ones. 
Yeah, I believe the LED ones are safer against this because of their thicker plastic, which causes the less vibrations, whereas <laughs> the glass light bulbs has more vibration. They, they said it doesn't work for all light bulbs. There, there are a bunch of light bulbs and thicknesses and materials um, that makes the results vary, which is good. Um, they specifically call out glass thickness or light emission capability as two factors for the disadvantage of depending on whether or not they can pick up the sound. Hmm. There were a couple of other techniques that you could use to eavesdrop on, on people's talking. Um, one of them was a, a gyrophone where they um, use the gyroscope signals from individuals Android devices to pick up sound waves and also um, visual microphone which uses recordings to recover passive sounds. I had seen this kind of attack before um, where they recorded a plant um, a couple of years ago and they were able to recreate conversations based on the vibrations from like the plants leaves which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Some people have way too much time. Right? Say, that's a lot of work. It is. It is a lot of work just to eavesdrop on somebody. I, I don't know what made them like think. You know what? I'm gonna try to pick up audio from a, a <laughs> light bulb. People are running out of just projects, just like research projects. Um, the researchers were with Ben Gurion University of the Negev, Negev and Wiesman Institute of Science. I know I probably butchered that completely. Wiesman? Wiesman? Um, it sounds it German. German. I think they are uh, German. Um, oh, so Wies... Mm. The article I have does not... Hold on. This is a... I'm drinking a German beer, and there's a similar word on here. Yeah, I think it's Weizen. Weiss, because it's they don't uh, really do W's. Yeah, it's it's more of a V, a V sound. You know, it went very angrily too. Weizen, Weizen. It wouldn't be the first time that we butchered uh, a name <laughs> of an organization. An advantage of Lampphone is that you don't need to install anything. You know, you just need to be a creeper with a telescope. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently the bigger the telescope, the better the results and the further away you can do it. Um, what about, you know, those things that you always see on the movies? It's like a big, like, I don't know what they use to eavesdrop on people. Oh, oh those cones, those like yeah. audio dishes. Yes. Right. I feel like those may go further, right? I don't know. I, I would I'm think not. so. They use them for like sporting events to listen to like huddles and stuff. That's got to be 25-ish meters away. I don't know. There might be a trade-off of distance. You know, if you have like a, a large telescope with a, a sensitive enough light detector, you might be able to pick up a little further away versus the audio waves traveling because, you know, over, over distance, audio kind of dissipates. Right. Sure, and it might be difficult going through walls. Well, lamp foam won't work if you don't have a window in your room. <laughs> Very true. So or blinds, right? So neither of them work <laughs> in the event of walls. 
Ah, walls, my only oh, weakness. Foiled again. Oh, that's, that's a sticker now I'm going to make and hand out to people. It kind of reminds me of when uh, they there's a research project that you could control people's Amazon. I'm not going to say it because I have one in my room, uh, like a dot with a laser and like get it to do things. I remember that. Yeah. But I'm drawing a blank on that. But that also kind of requires line of sight to the device too. Right. So walls. So walls. <laughs> walls. <Right>. My only weakness. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be safe against this, walls. That's our one takeaway for this article. I bet you that's not in miter. <laughs> I mean, it's a cool it's a cool test but it's, it's definitely not something anybody should be worried about no. yeah i i had seen a couple of articles online with the headlines of spies have a new way of listening to you right they, they like to sensationalize everything and like sexy right. everything up when it comes to information security so now we're gonna have these individuals who aren't so savvy to the world of information security walking around and thinking like Spies are listening to me everywhere through my light bulbs. Tin, tin foil hats. I love the tin foil hats. Mm-hmm. Or everybody's just going to go out and buy LED light bulbs. It's a ploy from the light bulb manufacturers to it's, sell high efficiency bulbs. It's big light bulb. The big light bulb <laughs> in, industry. Yeah. Turn but, this into a conspiracy podcast. Let's do it. This this isn't really that. that big of a vulnerability. A really big vulnerability, though, is Ripple 20, which Mike is going to tell us all about here. Ah! <laughs> you sure you don't want to talk about it and we can just chime in? You want, you want me to talk about it, I did just it, read Mike? this like five minutes before we sat down. It's I'm going to talk about the new vulnerability. <laughs> it's more than one vulnerability. It's, it's, it's lots 19. of <laughs> Which it kind of irks me that it's 19 vulnerabilities and it's dubbed and Ripple, it 20. Ripple 20. Exactly. It should be Ripple 19. Come on. Yep. We've got too many 19s going on right now. Let's. They, they, Maybe. They, they had I to mean, one they up could it. play off that, though. I mean. Ripple 19 was detected by the JSOF Research Lab, which, oddly enough, actually, earlier today, I, I got a DM from uh, them asking to come on to the podcast. Did you get that too, Amanda? Yep. Darn, I felt thought I felt special um, there. Yeah, we're not special either. Because you, you sent me the, that we're going to talk about this. I'm like, oh my God, we just got a DM about that. <laughs> All right, let's see. Race. Race to who gets them on their, fir- on their podcast first. <laughs> let's do this. This vulnerability was discovered in low-level TCP IP software library developed by Trek. This is used by hundreds of millions of Internet of Things devices a lot of the devices are embedded devices, so don't worry like immediately and think all of your devices are compromised. It, it is a lot of embedded Internet of Thing devices. That's uh, why they called it Ripple. All right, I get it. The Ripple, <laughs> the ripple effect, right? Through the supply chain. It is. Makes mm. sense. We're connecting the dots. Where did 20 come from? I don't know. Where, I, I feel like. 2020? Yeah. 
That's that's a cop out. Who came up with this? Let's get them on the podcast. <laughs> Let's get them on here and yell at them. Your branding just is terrible. We don't want to talk about anything technical. Just want Have to you seen them. Heartbleeds branding? Right? Beautiful branding. Beautiful uh. logo and web page. <laughs> I love that vulnerability because it's so beautiful. I know people with Heartbleed tattoos. I do too. <laughs> so... Yeah, this is on a lot of off-the-shelf internet of thing devices. There are some big corporations that have been affected by it. Um, things like HP, Schneider, Electric, Intel, Rockwell Automation, Caterpillar, and Baxter, just to name a few. Some of these corporations have been slow to uh, patching this flaw. Um, there was originally a 90-day window that was given to these individuals, uh, corporations and individuals. Corporations aren't people. I just made somebody really mad saying that. <laughs> I think we have a law that says otherwise, right? We do. Uh, let's not, yeah. Psydef is people. Psydef is people. Soylent is people. Um. <laughs> I love that this is just an all conspiracy podcast now. It is. Let's do it. All conspiracies all night long. Did you hear that Ripple 20 was discovered by lizard people? (laughs) I knew it. So the vulnerabilities range from information leakage, remote code execution, out of bounds write vulnerabilities as well. These vulnerabilities... Uh, can hit things uh, such as printers. Another item that I had seen that was vulnerable to it was an infusion pump. Behavior of an infusion pump was able to be changed. Uh, They were able to steal data off a printer using this vulnerability. Industrial control devices could be made to malfunction, which is super dangerous here. Um, Industrial control devices being able to be altered with this vulnerability. You know, uh, oil and gas company have these regulators and, and pumps that uh, need to be monitored properly and have their adjustments made properly. Um, changing something like closing a blow-off valve could cause a, a severe explosion. I read the part where uh, <clears throat> it's uh, mitigation. Hmm. Uh, oh, I guess it's for device vendors. Because it said mitigation, I was thinking like for end users, and the first one is determine if you use a vulnerable track stack. I'm like, who in the world <laughs> is gonna know what application libraries are running on their embedded devices? Yeah, this is something that Nobody. really needs fixed from the vendor side. Yeah. Um, a lot of these Internet of Thing devices um, can't be manually patched. Um, a lot of them have like automated patches that get pushed out to them. It, it really is on the vendors here who have to patch this at production or figure out a way to push out a patch to these devices um, that may not necessarily even have the GUIs or software set up to let users even do that. Because some of these devices, Internet of Thing devices, especially the... Um, the automation control kind of devices, industrial control devices get put into a system and then never touched again because like, hey, they work and any patch that's pushed to it could cause it to malfunction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yep. this is something that these industry leaders really, really have to figure out of like, how do we fix this? Some of the devices 
have already gotten fixed just by the nature of how long this vulnerability has been around and they've since updated to newer versions of things or have changed code and has caused just uh, patching over time naturally but there are a lot of devices that have not had that happen to them yet yeah so my my biggest takeaway from that you're talking about the uh, the idc stuff uh, kind of going back to those infusion pumps those are medical devices um, used to pump fluids and medication for patients and you know especially with everything going on right now the last thing you need is somebody messing with you know life-saving medical devices mm-hmm. so that's that's probably the well, i mean don't get me wrong it's all kind of messed up but that is the that's what really jumped out at me um you know especially having a you know family that works in the medical career field knowing what they've got to go through to patch these kind of things it's i hope they're i hope they're looking at them at, you know really closely and going okay well we we've used this we need to get them updated cuz this last thing you want is to be think you're pushing you know a certain amount of medicine and it turns out it's you know too much or too little and you're actually you know hurting or harming the person that is uh um, right receiving this no, I we I agree wholeheartedly. One of the suggestions um, for mitigating this, if you can't patch necessarily, would be to uh, segment your network off and then um, set up some kind of VPN server where you have to VPN in to access it and have that be the only way of being able to get access to that network. I like how Caterpillar is one of the vendors that have been confirmed to take over like a bulldozer. Wow. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> so if we see... Why do they need a driving bulldozer? Well, a bunch of... Well, I mean, yeah, starting, I don't know, five, ten years ago, they started in- including like a whole bunch of like OSs in tractors and heavy machinery and stuff. Yeah, ch- um, I've seen the automated tractors before, and that is yeah. really cool. Yeah. I've apparently been living under a rock. Well, do you I want... I live near a lot of farmers. Do you want one of your employees sitting behind a tractor all day long, just going up and back, up and back, up and back? Or just have the tractor go up and back for you. You set a, a, a path in the acreage, um, and then you don't have to worry about that. You can have your employees doing something else for you. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of risk involved in that as well. Yeah, but there's a lot of benefit also because a lot of, uh, some of these farms have a massive amount of land. Yeah. Then he tended yeah. to. Yeah, and I mean it. It all. I, I guess a lot of them track like um, statistics of like soil and like this whatever still in the tractor. I don't know. They do a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Fair enough. I so that's why they would need a. That's why they would need a smart bulldozer. Right. Or tractor. Okay. Yep. Yes. Yeah. You'd sync it with your iPhone. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Android device. Your Huawei. <laughs> your Huawei device. That's the only Not. Android device that works with it. <laughs> Oh man, not in Brazil. Not if they want that 5G. 
I know. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Ripple 20, segment your network, figure out what devices may be from vendors in your organization that may have this flaw and figure out how they are patching this. Um, if you absolutely can't patch, segment, VPN, it's going to be your best friend there. Because if not, again, uh, you can have substantial losses to your organization, uh, possibly monetary and possibly life, depending on what kind of function these devices uh, are running. If you're a medical industry and you have these devices out there, you could literally it could literally kill people that are laying in these hospital beds. Um, and then you know if, if you're uh, an organization that uses these devices to monitor turbines or something like that, um, you could have a catastrophic failure from individuals messing with settings that they shouldn't be messing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was a big bummer to end that on. I mean, I, I kind of hope all, all of the like things that keep people alive aren't connected directly to the internet, but you never know. One could hope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned in today's day and age, hoping gets you nowhere. Never surprised. Never hope, always validate. So this kind of took a turn. We should. Uh... It did. So let's wrap this depressing episode up. <laughs> What's your favorite conspiracy theory? <laughs> lizard people. Is that? Oh, I love lizard people. God, I not... like the birds aren't real. One. The drone yeah. birds, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why that's why they have the COVID conspiracy theories that they could replace the batteries on the birds. What's what's your favorite conspiracy theory, Michael? Uh, I don't know if I have a favorite one, but uh, I definitely like the birds one. Um, and then, of course, flat Earth. Oh yeah, flat I'm Earth. a big fan of that. We just um, lost a lot of listeners. <laughs> All of those people that think the Earth is round don't right. have to listen anymore. Well, so, so we, were, my wife and I, have been watching uh, Space Force. Um, oh, it's so good. It is, and and a quite a quite a few things that really hit home. Um, but the episode we were just watching was when he was in front of the uh, congressional budget hearing, and the the you know the senator was like in this great flat earth of ours and he's like well the jury's still out (laughs) you're the commander of space force like (laughs) you know better and you're Mm -hmm. still like it's it's my budget so i don't want to say anything but yeah i i find stuff like that very funny and interesting how people can believe that the earth is flat Mm -hmm. even having traveled you know around the world still flat we're going to get hate mail now. <laughs> Where are they going to send it? But at least we're getting mail. Yes. <laughs> you know, hate yep. mail is better than no mail. Who writes letters? I, oh my gosh, my hand hurts so bad. I I had to write my first letter and I cannot tell you how long. Like I never write yeah. anymore. Uh, and I got a paragraph in. I'm like, wow, my hand is not used to this. <laughs> Who writes anymore? For days, but, when yeah. I do have to write in a meeting, it's like shorthand writing that if anybody else was to like read my notes of like things I had to do, they'd be like, what is he talking? What? What is this? I'd, this isn't even a word. I'd rather put it in a notepad on my phone. 
Yep. I will. Uh, I, I do the same thing. I do shorthand and then I have to type it up if I'm sending it to somebody. I can't just, they can't just be like, Hey, what'd you write down? I was like, you, you can't, I can barely read it. <laughs> I know you can't read it. Let me just type it up so I can go back and try and remember what I actually wrote down. But I'll write my shorthand is just like bits of a sentence. It's not even like the full sentence. It's like the key words of things that will trigger things in my head. It's like pizza gator Wednesday, 1500. Totally. <laughs> like anybody else reads it, they don't know what's going on, but like <laughs> I know that Wednesday you at three o'clock, I need to put on a gator suit and come deliver pizza to somebody. <laughs> I was thinking Gator Ball. I was thinking Gator, like the ones that you drive, the John Deere Gators. Surprise! Ah. Gator was actually short for Gatorade. Pizza oh. and Gatorade on Wednesday. Darn it! <laughs> All right. <laughs> we can't read your notes. You can't. You definitely can't. Amanda, thank you for uh, being on and telling us all about mental health hackers. Um, mm-hmm. One last time, what are the websites, social media, um, all of all, all of stuff. the things? Uh, yeah. Our website is mentalhealthhackers.org, um, at Hackers Health on Twitter. I don't remember what all the other ones are, but they're on our website. Um, and do you, you, can do find you have a TikTok? Me. That's a thing, right? I, I'm too old for that. Oh. I have Snapchat, but... Mm. That's just personally because <laughs> my children. Um, and you can find me at InfoSister, I-N-F-O-S-Y-S-T-I-R. Ven- Venmo, that's a social media platform, right? That's a thing. Yes. That's a word I heard. Send Venmo. me all your Venmo things. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So today we talked about mental health. Um, we also covered Lamp Phone. Michael, what do we do for Lamp Phone? <laughs> walls <laughs> walls walls everywhere yeah, walls and blinds um, really will stop that in its tracks yeah don't worry uh, whoever's out there thinking oh my oh my this is the biggest vulnerability ever everybody's going to listen to my, my conversations nobody cares about your avocado toast <laughs> and if you close your blinds they can't hear it Yes, or put a shade on your light. Who has a dangling light bulb, a single light bulb hanging from... Bachelors. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, are we going to lose more people? Is that what we're getting ready to do? We are. We're just <laughs> making them all Who angry. Can we <laughs> Coming in with a bang. Let's do it. Um, and then we also talked about Ripple 20. And we determined that you really need to figure out what you have in your network, who your vendors are, and how they are patching. Um, and if you if they don't have a patch yet, or, and if you read that they don't have a way to patch yet, I advise everybody to email them and just bug the crap out of them until they figure out a way to patch it. Every day, just set up an auto email. Just email them constantly. Call them. Bug them. Um, because again, this is a pretty high risk vulnerability um, that needs to be taken care of before it takes care of you. Oh. 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 
Alright, well, I was Ray. She was Amanda. And he was my stupendous co-host. Michael Fairweather. Stay safe, keep your network safe, and have a week. Have a week.